One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello, I'm Andy Zaltzman. Welcome to Top Stories, the show in which we raid the Bugle archives to give you the definitive verdict on history as it happened, when it happened, and not particularly definitively. Uh, Do you remember the Taliban? They ruled Afghanistan until the West came along and saved everyone. Things are fine now, of course, but in 2009 we focused on the diplomacy between the US and the Afghan leadership. This is from issue 73 of the Bugle, entitled Are the Taliban Skiing Down the Swat Valley? And it features me and John Oliver. Top story this week, in the South Asian corner, weighing in at a population of 166 million, the hotly disputed most unstable region in the world, Pakistan! (laughs) Straight off the bat, Andy. (laughs) The fact that Pakistan is even in the running for the award most unstable region is an incredible achievement. Just to get nominated is a big deal, Andy. It is, in a very real sense, a group of death. But (laughs) nevertheless, Pakistan has managed to take the spotlight away from the pig flu fad, which was all the rage for a week, Andy. It was the viral equivalent of the yo-yo. So, how bad is the situation in Pakistan at the moment? Well, put it this way. Obama has been staging trilateral talks this week between the US, Afghanistan and Pakistan. Pakistan has been completely dominating the discussion, and America is at war in Afghanistan. So, why is this situation so worrying? Well, Pakistan's in the process of completing two nuclear reactors to create weapons that will be smaller, lighter, and more efficient. And that seems like a great idea, Andy. (laughs) Portable nuclear weapons that fit in your pocket, like micro-machines of mass destruction. So much more convenient, and the kids will love them. And the uh, Pakistani Foreign Minister, Qureshi, said Pakistan is willing to play an active, constructive role in this because we feel our peace and security is linked to Afghanistan's. And, well, John, if it wasn't about ten years ago, it certainly is now. Uh, The war on terror does seem to have successively shifted sideways out of the American-British-owned territories of Afghanistan and Iraq and has now become, well, frankly, someone else's problem. And it will, of course, rebound to become our problem again. It's a kind of problem tennis that's going on, in the way that the Taliban are kind of batted across the border from Afghanistan to Pakistan and back again. Someone's got to just hit the smash, put it out of play. You might be thinking, building these nuclear reactors, that sounds like a completely consequence-free development. What could possibly go wrong? Well, the only problem is that the new reactors are being built 160 miles southeast of Islamabad, which doesn't sound that bad until you find out that it's on the border with the northwestern province, which is almost entirely controlled by the Taliban. It's tantamount to building an enormous carrot factory next to a donkey sanctuary. (laughs) Obviously, Andy, this is a hugely complicated situation which requires delicate and precise journalism. Has it been afforded that luxury? Has it f- <laughs> One journalist this week called Pakistan a festering mess. That is eloquently helpful. Someone notify the Peabody Committee. I think we have us a contender. This festering mess next to this gigantic shithole could turn into a complete cluster f- like this place down here. Watch him call it. <laughs> 
I can't claim to know uh, everything about Pakistan. I do know quite a lot about Pakistan. Unfortunately, 99.8% of it is about the Pakistan cricket team. It's not nothing. It's not it's nothing, nothing. Andy. It's not nothing. I, I do know that Pakistan is a political mess when I see it, and I also know that they're not producing fast bowlers like they used to. <laughs> Maybe the two are linked. I also know, John, that there cannot be many tougher jobs in the world at the moment than running Pakistan right now. It must be really hard, you know, to get home after a hard day's uh, running Pakistan, to just to be able to switch off, you know, you'd be sitting on your sofa yeah. in front of your telly, ready to watch the latest episode of Desperate Housewives or The Price is Right, unwrapping your ice cream, kicking your shoes off, and just starting to relax when all of a sudden you think, oh, shit, my country's in danger of being overrun by Islamist extremists and re- remains riven by political infighting that makes dealing with this problem even more difficult. When asked if he was going to give America full intelligence as to where his nuclear reactors and arms are, President Zadari said, I don't think so. I think that's on a need-to-know basis information. (laughs) Hold on there. The Taliban are currently 60 miles outside your capital. How many miles outside do they need to get for the need-to-know basis to go away? (laughs) Is it 20 miles? Is it perhaps 10 miles? Do you need to be able to see what they had for breakfast in their beards? (laughs) Now, the Taliban, John, there is a bunch of guys who unquestionably have really bad manners. And the problem is that they do now control large parts of the Swat Valley. Now, the Swat Valley is a region of Pakistan about which the Pakistani government's tourism website says, in the winter, the angel-white snow makes it an ideal place for skiing. (laughs) Now... Yeah, always comes up, Andy. Aspen, Colorado, the Pyrenees, the Alps, and the mountains of Pakistan. Well, that's right. I was thinking about this earlier on, John, and I think I'm not much of a skier. But if I had to choose where to take my skiing holiday, and I had a choice between, say, the Swiss Alps, yeah. uh, the Colorado Rockies, yeah. my stairs at home, and the Swat yeah. Valley, then I think at the moment I'll go Alps first, Colorado second, you know, just because yeah. the Alps are closer to home. and. Sure. Uh, could always double it up with trying to find some of my people's missing gold. Then okay. in third place would be my stairs at home, and languishing in fourth now would be the Swat Valley, because yeah. although I know the snow isn't much cop in my house, and it wouldn't really feel like a holiday, and also the outbreak ski would probably involve having to apologise to my wife for having spent the day skiing down the stairs while she was looking after our two children. <laughs> but I guess on the plus side, my stairs are not a Taliban stronghold in a region torn apart by violence and on the brink of implosion. But oh, I, th- I think maybe the problem is I'm an unadventurous traveller. Well, I will say this, though, if the... Olympic Committee has any balls, the Winter Olympics will be, will be held in Pakistan and all of a sudden people would start watching it again. Well, they would, John, but that would probably be only to see what the Taliban version of the women's downhill would involve. <laughs> there have been widespread protests in Pakistan. Hundreds of Muslims took to the streets of Islamabad to protest against the influence of the Taliban, uh, giving the government more public support than ever before to fight the extremists. Uh, and the protesters were wearing stickers on their shirts which read, Go Taliban, go! A very positive move <laughs> by the Pakistan civilian population. I will say this, though. Go Taliban, go! Not the greatest anti-Taliban <laughs> slogan I've ever heard. It feels like sitting on the fence of the population. Sounds like something you should be shouting at Speed Racer. Ask Chuck Berry if Johnny Be Good was actually an anti-Johnny song, <laughs> telling Johnny to go away. You see, when it comes to a counterinsurgency, you have to make sure your message is clear. Try, go away, Taliban, go away. That gets your point across. Or a simple, hey, Taliban, go f*** yourselves. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to misinterpret that. Well, I think that that's probably the idea, John, though, because you have to hedge your bets when yeah. the p- people like the Taliban are involved, just in case they end up taking over and looking at that video footage. You can always say in your defence, I was merely encouraging you, please don't chop my head off. 
Unfortunately, literally hours before the vital talks began, the US launched some disastrous airstrikes in Afghanistan, killing dozens of civilians, including women and children, who were sheltering from the fighting. So, a genuine attempt to shift the focus of American foreign policy began instead with an apology for the loss of civilian life. Obama does seem to be making this deliberately hard for himself. That's like saying I can make this shot with one hand tied behind my back. Obama is a real showboater. <laughs> the problem is that you really can't trust Pakistan as far as you can throw it. Gary Ackerman, a Democrat from New Yorker, on Monday, said that Pakistan had its pants on fire. <laughs> really? Is that what passes for international diplomacy now? Have we become that childish? Because Pakistan hit straight back saying, twinkle, twinkle, little star, what you say is what you are. But the US argued that they'd already bagsied no returns, and that that was UN binding. <laughs> that was another top story. Thank you for listening. Discover more from the Bugle Empire at thebuglepodcast.com. 